Peace and love, salutations to the planet. What's going on, world? It's Trey checking in. Welcome back to another episode uh, of the Trey Matthews podcast. I am your host, Trey Matthews. And I want to appreciate the first timers, the last timers, and in between years for coming back week after week, showing much love. Whether you like, share, subscribe, appreciate y'all. Um, if y'all haven't, make sure y'all do y'all diligence and reach back to the previous episode. Uh, called Love, Death, Time. Um, that was my first episode since I took that sabbatical. But I am back and I am so much better. Words of Bryson Tiller. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's go ahead and dive into the podcast, man. Um, a lot of people, you know, kind of gave me uh, feedback around the icebreaker that I had last week. And um, just just asking, what is your why? And I feel like for this week, my icebreaker to y'all is uh what do you do to elevate yourself each and every day and what i mean by that is how do you elevate yourself on a mental level on a spiritual level or even on a physical level um just let me know how you how you elevate yourself you know um while y'all are thinking about that i can go i think the way i elevate myself is doing my diligence in reading different articles, being informed about what's going on in uh, not even just domestically, but internationally in in the entire world, like what's going on. Uh, Having uncomfortable conversations with with different people, you know what I'm saying? Conversations that need to be had to advance relationships, to advance perspective. Um, On a physical level, I need to get my ass back in the gym. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, but some people are already doing that. You know what I'm saying? So that would be considered elevating yourself. Uh, I definitely want to get back into the swing of reading uh, books. Um, I haven't read a book in the past few months. I've been slacking on that. So I need to get back on top of that. I might even start a book today. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm all about holding myself accountable lately. So if y'all see me, you know, you'll definitely call me out if I don't have a book in my hand. You know what I'm saying? If I'm out in public or at work or, you know, wherever it's at. But y'all let me know, uh, you know, shoot me a DM, text me, or if you see me in person, just let me know what you do to elevate yourself. You know what I'm saying? And uh, oh, yeah, most importantly, you know, I talk to God every day. You know, like I feel like that is a priority when it comes to elevating yourself. Just talking to the man above, just asking for um, uh, just just asking or not even asking, just being thankful. You know what I'm saying? I feel like a lot of times when people pray, they 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 ask or you know, wish for a a new car or a a new home or, you know, a financial situation to, to be in a, in a, in a better bracket, I guess per se. But for me, you know, when I pray, I just, I'm just very thankful and just on what I have, you know what I'm saying? Some people don't have half of what I got. Some people don't have a quarter of what you got, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, that's what it's about. You know what I'm saying? Just, just being thankful just taking every day by grace and just assume positive intent. You know what I'm saying? Like last week on the podcast, you know, my sentiments were everybody's going through something and that still stands this week. And I will stand next week and the following months to come. Everybody's going through something, you know what I'm saying? But they're doing their best each and every day. You know, we have our moments, we have our highs, we have our lows. That's, that's how life goes. Uh, I'm, I'm over here spinning bars, but that's what that is. Um, but we can go ahead and um, segue into the docket that I have this week. I don't really have it written down, so I'm just really just kind of freestyling it. But I guess the most important news 
um, I wanted to talk about is the Nashville shooting that happened uh, just a few days ago. Um, it was a school shooting, and here it is. I have the article pulled up from CNN. Uh, the headline reads, Heartbroken Nashville Community Grapples with Deadly sh School Shooting as Police Reveal More Details About the Killer. Uh, let me see. Grief-stricken Nashville residents will unite at a vigil Wednesday evening to mourn three children and three adults killed at a private Christian school by a mass shooter who police say have been under care for an emotional disorder and legally bought seven guns in the past three years. The deadly rampage Monday morning at the Covenant School lasted 14 minutes. Um, the killer, I'm, I'm just like taking a breath because it's like, it's so hard to like continue to read these articles or continue to hear this news every other week and nothing gets done about it. Um, but it says the killer killed three nine-year-olds, including uh, the Covenant Church pastor's daughter, as well as a custodian, a substitute teacher, and, a, and the head of the school. The killer targeted the school, but it's believed the victims were fired upon at random, police said. The massacre marked the 19th school shooting at a school or university in just the past three months that left at least one person wounded, a CNN count shows. It was among 130 mass shootings this year in the U.S. I'll repeat, it was among 130 mass shootings this year in the U.S., with at least four wounded, excluding the shooter, and the deadliest U.S. school shooting since last May's massacre in Texas that left 21 people dead. The quick law enforcement response in Nashville stands in, in notable contrast with the delay of... Uh, I'm not I'm not reading this whole thing, man. I, I'm not going to read it. And not because and not because on like I'm trying to be disrespectful or anything, but my feelings are taking over because I can't even get the words out of my mouth. That's how frustrated I am. I'm over here struggling with words. Um, but they listed here if you want to go on CNN or I'm sure it's on any news platform that you go to at this point. But they pretty much listed all the victims um, and I'll read the names Evelyn Dykus, Dykus, D I E C K H A U S. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing the name wrong. I don't mean to butcher it. Um, she was nine years old. Uh, Mike Hall, uh, he was 61, beloved custodian at the school, a father of seven children, known as Big Mike to the students. He was a member of the faculty slash kitchen staff, according to the school website. Uh, he loved to cook, spend time with his family. Um, and he also had 14 grandchildren. Catherine Kuntz, <clears throat> she was 60 years old, police said, and the head of the school. She attended Vanderbilt University uh, and got her master's degree from Georgia State, the school said. Um, she gave her life because she was trying to protect students, protect faculty. Um, they said the educator had a great sense of humor and was very confident. Uh, she exhibited humility and made each person interact she interacted with feel important um she could be on her new uh, on her knees talking to a preschool student then she could turn around and be talking to a board member and then turn around and meet with an angry parent and then turn around and meet with the teacher that's having a bad day so that just shows her character um the next person cynthia peak 61 years old 
Um, she was a substitute teacher at the school, according to the police officers and officials. Um, let me see here. Haley Scruggs, nine years old. Nine years old. And the uh, the first person that I mentioned, I don't know if I told you uh, her age, Evelyn, she was also nine years old. Um, where do we even begin? You know, if you've been following my podcast for a long time, there's been plenty of times where I unfortunately had to cover um, untimely demises when it comes to mass shootings, when it comes to school shootings in particular. And I feel like we're right back at square, uh, square one when it comes to the United States. You know what I'm saying? I feel like we are one of the few, if not only country that deals with this on the day in and day out. And out of, you know, kind of like just skimming over that article, the thing that stuck out to me the most is we've had more mass shootings this year than days. Like, let that sink in real quick. 130 mass shootings. Egregious to say the least. But it's just like, what are next steps? You know what I'm saying? Do we sit here every other week and mourn the loss of a nine-year-old, a 60-year-old that, that had grandchildren or that's, you know, that's in a private school. Like, like, what do we do at this point? You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody talks about gun control. Everybody talks about assault rifles. Everybody talks about, you know, it's, it's like everybody has different stances when it comes to gun loss, period. I know that. But my thing is, how do we take strides forward and get on one accord as an entire country on how we how can we make it harder for people to acquire these guns and how do we make it more difficult for somebody to just bust in a school and just kill several people uh, several people and it ain't just schools we've seen this at churches we've seen this at malls we've seen this in walmarts we've seen this pretty much everywhere everywhere you go and so just somebody who kind of actively is in tune on what's going on with the world. How are our feelings, you know, or sentiments supposed to be if we plan on bringing, you know, our seed into this world? Or how hard do we have to ponder and think about, damn, I got to go to Kroger, but it's a possibility I may not make it back home after I get my groceries. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to pick up my almond milk, but it could be a shooting. So it's just like, and and I'm tossing this to y'all too. Y'all let me know, but what are some solutions? Like obviously, you know, gun control, that's going to be the number one thing that people talk about, right? When it when when you talk about making it more difficult for people to acquire assault rifles or handguns or just, you know, any weapon in general. How do we make it a more thorough and deep uh deeper background check in terms of, you know, giving these guns out to just anybody? Because when I tell you it is so simple to go purchase a weapon, like, it's crazy. I can argue it may be a little bit easier to get a weapon than to get a passport. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, at least with a passport, they make you go through some hurdles, do this, do that. Like, with a gun, I feel like, depending on what state you're in or where you reside, like, you can walk in a store, purchase a gun same day. So it's just frustrating, bro. Like, I've had it up to here in terms of 
just being frustrated. You know what I'm saying? This can easily be any one of us uh, listening to this podcast or doing this podcast. This this can be any of our family members. Like you just never know because of how laxed or how you know. Yeah, I would just say how lax gun gun control. Excuse me, gun control laws are here in the United States, but. It's just it's just saddens me, you know, that we have more mass shootings um, than other countries. You know what I'm saying? Other countries don't really deal with this. Um, and I'm going to do some research really quick. Um, I'm going to type in mass shootings by country and just see where we're at in 2023. Just to show you how ridiculous this is. Every other, uh, let me see, Austria, Belgium, Finland, France, Germany, Italy, Norway, Russia, Serbia. Well, that's not, eh. Russia got a lot going on right now. But Switzerland, UK, they're all, they all have zero. Let me see here. Sorry, I'm just looking at this in real time. I really want to know. Well, okay, here it is. Here it is. Honestly, I don't want to hold up the podcast too long, but y'all can do y'all research on this just to see how uh, inflated the numbers are here in the U.S. compared to other countries, man. Like, it's it's unfathomable. I, I don't want to harp on it too much longer, but definitely my thoughts and prayers go out to all the families and victims uh that were affected by this uh, tragedy. You know what I'm saying? This is another unfortunate situation, another tragedy that I have to get on this podcast, keep my composure, and and talk about this. You know what I'm saying? So I don't mean to start off the pod with, you know, with sadness, but I just feel like, you know, I'm just doing my diligence and talking about the most important thing that's happened uh, since the last podcast that I did. But kind of moving right along, um, we can get into, I guess, uh, some some lighthearted, some lighthearted shit. I guess let's let's go ahead and do that. Um, I've been watching uh, Bronny James. Those who don't know who Bronny James is, LeBron's son, <laughs> LeBron James Jr. Um, I've been watching him for the past week uh, play basketball. Uh, it was the McDonald's All American game the night before. It was also a dunk contest that he attended and y'all gotta stop the hate i know there's a lot of lebron james haters there's a lot of hecklers that don't like lebron and his family there's a lot of just hate (laughs) going on in the world and it's just like how can you hate on a black man that's doing what he's doing right arguably the greatest basketball player of all time i'm talking about lebron now arguably the greatest basketball player of all time no matter where you rank him one two three or ten right you, you can say he's goaded, right? That's a fact. We can say that he's goaded. In 20 plus years of playing basketball, has it had one scandal? Has it had one off the court issue? From what we see, you know, and I know optics can be an illusion, but from what we see, very family oriented, right? Takes, takes care of his wife, his kids, right? Very professional. <clears throat> How can you hate on that? How can you hate on it? And I think that's why he gets so much hate. 
um, because his record is so clean. Outside of the the Miami uh, trade when they vilified LeBron for those couple of years, <clears throat> I don't I don't see any other smear campaigns on. Oh, we can you can argue about titles and all that stuff, but that's not a character thing. You know what I'm saying? Whether you win a championship or not, that's just within the sport. But if you're judging his character, you can say he is a he is he's great. He has great. He's great. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I mean, period. At the end, he's great. And so, moving right along to Bronny James, right? He is the the next James up, right? And he just finished his senior season. And I'm not saying he is the best thing since sliced bread, but he's nothing to just scoff at, right? He's an incredible player, and I feel like people are really downplaying Bronny James. Um, his game because of who his father is. You know what I'm saying? And don't get me wrong, like, it's a huge shadow if your father is LeBron James. But he's making him, he's making a name for himself. LeBron's been doing his thing. He attended the dunk contest. No, he didn't win it, but he had some tremendous dunks. Um, played in the McDonald's All-American game. A couple weeks ago, me and my friend were kind of having some banter back and forth, and he was saying LeBron, or Ronnie won't even get six or eight points you know what i'm saying he's not the best of his class he's he shouldn't even go you know because there's been reports that he's projected to be a top 10 player now in the nba draft in a couple years so there's just been a lot of grievance and sentiments in terms of how good of a player that he is and my thing is like he's gonna get more than six points bro i never said he was the best player in his class but he's definitely incredible you know what i'm saying from the game that i saw or just highlights that I've seen, and I know they're highlights. Um, he's an incredible shooter. Let's just start there. He can shoot from 30. Very savvy defender. And he can get to the rim. So it's just like, where is the hate? You know what I'm saying? And I think uh, some people are saying, well, he's only getting this much shine, or he's only going to be projected top 10 now because he's LeBron's son. And, and I'm like, it may be some validity to that. You may be right. But you have to be good, too. Because trust me, these franchises, some of them get a number one pick this year and may not get another number one pick in 20, 25 years. So it's like they ain't just doing it for clout. <laughs> They're reading the scouting reports. They have scouts to go out and do this professionally. They have a job to go professionally to go scout out talent. And watch basketball more than me and you combined. That is their job to do, right? And if they're scouting a Bronny James or, you know, whoever else is in the class with him, like, that shows that this kid has talent. Simple. Simple. So it may be some validity to that. Like I said, I'm not taking away from LeBron being his dad. That may have a franchise more inclined to draft him i'll give you that to an extent but again part of that too is you have to be good you have to be great if you're if you're a projected top 10 player if you are a projected nba player let's just start there round one round two like <laughs> you have to be great period now i know that we've had you know bust over the years like a greg odin or you know um, Adam Morrison, players like that. I understand that. 
But I guarantee you, if you go to your local YMCA and play a one-on-one with them, they're going to kick your ass. <laughs> it wouldn't even be close. Um, But I brought this up because I'm just, I don't know, I'm just elated to see that, you know, we're watching um, the protege of, of LeBron's, uh, you know, son being next up. You know what I'm saying? And then what's the other kid? Uh, Bryce. Bryce will be the next one up. And so when Bronny goes to the league, do I expect him to be LeBron? I don't because how do you how do you fill those shoes? You can't. You know what I'm saying? That is a one of one uh, story. That is a one of one story. So even if he's not half the player his dad was, that's cool with me. But my argument to my friends was he's a he's a great player. You can deem great whatever you want it to be, but. I'm not saying he's going to average 40 or even 30 in the NBA. I don't know. I really don't know. But don't don't play him like he can't get a quick 15, 20. He can definitely do that. He can definitely do that. Um, but there's just been a lot of noise and ambiance around uh, Bronny James. Um, so that's all I really wanted to talk about. And... I don't know. I guess they were they were also speculating on potential colleges that he may go to. You know, some people are thinking Ohio State. I seen some people talk about, you know, he may possibly go to an HBCU, which would be incredible for HBCUs. I even heard the whispers of Colorado. You know what I'm saying? Dion already has their football uh, program piped up. Imagine if their basketball side gets piped up. I also heard USC he may go to. G League, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of scenarios, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like he's been holding out and being very meticulous on his uh decision, as he should be. You know what I'm saying? This is this can change the sport forever. This could change the sport forever. It really could. Cause who's to say if he goes to an HBCU and then the next top five ESPN three hundred players go to a HBCU? How does that shift not only the narrative, but how does that shift the game of basketball back into our communities instead of just I'm going to go to Duke or I'm going to go to a Kansas and no disrespect to those programs because those are historic, incredible programs. But I would rather I would much rather want a Clark Atlanta or a, a Jackson State basketball team to get more shine on television, to get more support financially to get more exposure if they have an incredible player like a Bronny James. So y'all let me know what y'all think on it. Um, that was just my two cents on what's going on. Also been watching the final four. Also that is, I think that's this weekend. Actually, it's kind of come upon us fast and I could have told you, I, I, I stopped making brackets ages ago, but everybody's bracket was busted. Lit- literally everybody. Um, it doesn't surprise me. Y'all let me know who y'all got going to the finals. But Florida Atlantic versus San Diego State. That's gonna be a that's gonna be an incredible game, bro. I've seen several games from both these schools throughout this tournament run. It can go either way. I like the underdog in Florida Atlantic being the ninth seed. People didn't even have you going past the first round, the round of 64 or whatever it is or 32 i don't know what what it's called but the fact that they were able to um push through 
you know what I'm saying, push through and prevail and get to this point. Is, and same thing with San Diego State, right? The only time people talk about that school, I feel like, is when you mention Kawhi Leonard or what college he went to. But the fact that one of these programs are going to advance to a, uh, uh, to a championship game is unheard of. So literally a Cinderella story. This is the definition of it. Um, and then even if you look at the other side of the bracket, you got Miami and UConn. Um, if I'm not mistaken, this is Miami's first time advancing this far as a basketball team. Um, UConn. UConn has been it's – a, it's a historic program. You know what I'm saying? The Kimba Walkers of the world have come from here. Uh, who else has went to the school? You got, uh, I think, Rip Hamilton, Jeremy Lamb. Like, it's been different players throughout the years who have come through UConn and have won championships, right? Like, Kimba, he won a champion. I think he won a couple championships, if I'm not mistaken. One or two, I can't remember. Um, and even if you look at their women's basketball team, they they were, his, like, they, they still are historic, but... I remember there was a time where nobody could beat them. They would go to the national championship every single year because that's how good they were. So uh, if y'all needed to get my pick, I got UConn. I'm going to go UConn, Florida Atlantic. You know what I'm saying? I got FAU pulling the upset on San Diego State. Uh, It's going to be a close game, and I feel like UConn is going to pull away from Miami. Those are are my two picks going into – Going into the national championship game. Those are going to be my two picks. And I think the national championship game would be Monday, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm going to go with UConn. I think I think UConn is going to win it all this year, bro. Because the, by the next time I pod, that will already have happened, the championship game. So I'm going to go on the ledge and just say, I got UConn winning it all, bro. That's 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 my sentiments there. Um, what else is in sports? I don't want to stay too long on sports. I know I've been kind of weighing heavy on this. Uh, real quick, Lamar Jackson. How could I forget? How could I be remiss if I didn't mention Lamar Jackson? Um, sensational quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens has requested a trade. And I can't say that I'm in shock. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I've seen this coming a long time ago. And according to the article that I read, I even posted it on my story the other day. Um, He requested a trade on March 2nd. So this is about almost three to four weeks in the making that he requested a trade. And um, this is starting to surface. So it's it's been in the air. And I mean, it's not surprising. You know what I'm saying? If if I'm Lamar Jackson, like I want my chips with the dip, too. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all owe me money, pay me my contract. And then y'all decide to franchise shack tag me. And not appreciate my worth, like let me go somewhere else. And I get it. A lot of people can argue he hasn't won. He he hasn't really won anything. You know what I'm saying? People have had the knock. He's not the greatest passer, or you know he's very injury prone. And you know even though some of those things may be correct, you got to look at what's in front of you. You got to. You know what I'm saying? Like if if I'm the Baltimore Ravens, I have. Uh, a Porsche in my garage and I'm not going to let my Porsche I'm not going to sell my Porsche for a Prius I'm just not going to do that now some people may but that's just not the kind of guy I am because quarterbacks these days uh, especially in the NFL like they are hard to come by so 
you giving away Lamar Jackson, you can be a terrible franchise for the next decade or if not longer. Right. Like, look at the look at the Houston Texans, for example. Right. Deshaun Watson. Right. The, the, the scandal, all that shit happened. They've been a mess. You know what I'm saying? This season for them, terrible. And even like there's franchises that will never recover from losing a, a good quarterback. Or if they do recover, it takes 10 plus years. And so, I mean, tell me when's the last time the Jets had a great quarterback. Not even good, but a great quarterback. Don't tell me Mark Sanchez. Don't tell me, what's the other one, Chad Penningham, Pennington, whatever his name was. Don't tell me that. So, like, look at these different, look at these different franchises, right? And just see, like... If, uh, I'm, I'm not going to stay on it too long, bro. I, I just feel like they don't know what Lamar's worth really is. And he's going to end up going to a franchise and piping that up. Now, I've heard reports that I'm not Woj or anything. I said I've heard reports. But, I mean, I heard New England. I heard possibly Atlanta. I heard a few different franchises. But, respectfully, I don't want to see him in Atlanta. Atlanta Falcon fans, I'm very familiar with y'all's game. And he will not thrive in a Falcons uniform. He will not be the next coming of Michael Vick. I'm sorry to break it to y'all. I see him in a Patriots uniform. Don't ask me why. I just I just see it that way. Him, Bill Belichick. They have a solid defense, believe it or not. Um, get some receivers over there for him. He can make some shake. You never know. You never know. Um, last thing on sports, just because I'm rushing through now. Uh, baseball is back. Opening day is April 1st, which is this weekend. So I'm actually, I know baseball is kind of like the stepchild of sports now because people don't really run to the TV to watch a baseball game or go to a game that often. But um, baseball has really grown over me, or grown on me within the past few years. And not because the Braves have won recently a championship or anything, or I shouldn't say championship or World Series or anything like that, but um they're they're they have been proactively making changes to the game to make the experience better for us so even something as simple as the pitch clock and to those who don't know what the pitch clock is you know when a pitcher you know like let's say he throws a fastball or whatever and it's a strike or whatever and the and the guy throws it back to the pitcher and it takes another two minutes before the pitcher throws the ball right back to him they are now on a timer from the time they pitch the ball to the time they get it back, they have about 20 to 30 seconds to throw it right back. And that speeds up the game. And I don't know if I broke that down correctly. Excuse me for not knowing all the terminology of what player does what. The catcher, I guess, right? So when the catcher catches the ball, he has to throw it right back to the pitcher. The pitcher has 20 to 30 seconds to throw the ball right back. You know what I'm saying? Versus prior, the catcher would throw the ball to the pitcher. The pitcher would spit, tie his shoes give up some dirt, text his girlfriend, see what time of day it is, and then throw the ball. <laughs> so they're making constant changes to make the game, uh, I guess, more revolutionized and more updated than it was 20, 30 years ago. And if you look at, you know, some of these players that they have in the league, or they're very incredible. Like, Bruh, I don't know if y'all watch the Baseball World Classic and, and people have, you know, a lot of thoughts about that, too. But 
um, those were incredible games I watched between Puerto Rico, DR, um, uh, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Japan, US, like those were some incredible games. So I say all that to say, like, I'm, I'm liking the direction baseball is headed. Um, I will definitely be watching opening day. I'll definitely try to make it to a few games this year too, not just Brave games, but other games as well. So if y'all are, you know, baseball fans are looking to get into the sport, like April 1st is the day. Um, April 1st is the day. Kind of moving on to, not kind of, I am moving on. Why am I saying kind of? Um, let's let's get into some music real quick. Uh, Tyler, the creator. I think that is priority in terms of music because he's dropping Friday. Um, he dropped a new song as well. And I haven't listened to it, not because I don't want to, but I want to purposely wait to the day uh, everything drops and then digest it then. And I know some people have mixed feelings about Tyler and his music, but Tyler Creator is phenomenal. Let's just start there. He is a talent, outstanding talent. And I know it's an acquired taste for some people, but I have high expectations for this album, bro. Like Tyler Creator usually doesn't miss on anything that he puts out every couple years. And that Call Me If You Get Lost, from top to bottom, it really wasn't any skips on there. You know what I'm saying? I think my favorite track off of there, if I remember, was What's Your Name? That he had with NBA Youngboy and uh, somebody else was on there, uh, Ty Dolla Sign. That was my favorite song on that project. But excited to see um, what's going to be on this edition of Call Me If You Get Lost because it's kind of like a bonus or like a deluxe in a way. So I'm kind of excited to see what he has coming for us. Um, what other music is coming out? Larry June and The Alchemist. You know what I'm saying? I've seen the interview that they had with Sway in the Morning. Um, that was dope. I also see the, I don't even want to say cameo, but the behind the scenes shoots in terms of like leading up into this project, you know, them just being recorded in the studio, them just chilling in the B and uh, B, just having fun, smoking, making music. Like I'm looking forward to that on Friday. That, that tape right there is going to be some classic, legendary, luxurious rap. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, and if y'all haven't, make sure y'all follow me on Apple Music, man. I got some incredible, uh, some 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 great playlists. You know what I'm saying? It is for every mood. You know what I'm saying? I got Barefoot Vibes. I got 2000s Bop. I got specific artist bags. So if you want just ASAP Rocky's best tracks, Drake's other bag. Uh, if you want some Peace and Serenity kind of music. If you want a, a Rick Ross, like... Now, make sure y'all follow me on Apple Music, uh, Trayvon Matthews. Make sure y'all look me up on there and follow me. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else mu What else musically. Is there something else supposed to be coming out soon? I don't, I don't think so. I think that was the only two things at least I was excited for in terms of um, music that comes out this weekend or Friday. But for this weekend, I did also see something before I get off of music. Uh, somebody's getting sued. Drake and 21 or Ticketmaster. Somebody's getting sued. I'm going to try to pull that up real quick. Just bear with me for two seconds. Oh, here it is right here. So 
Ticketmaster reportedly faces class action lawsuit over ticket prices for Drake and 21 Savage tour. I don't want to see these ads. Last week, fans were upset over a possible 1,000 ticket now. Uh, Ticketmaster is now in some heat. As it reports to the Jasmine brand, the ticket company faces a class action lawsuit after allegedly increasing prices for its all a blur tour with 21 and Drake. According to the report, a Canadian law firm, LPC Avocat Inc., says that the ticket distribution website was aware about the tour before Drake announced it, but withheld information from the public that would have benefited them. Reportedly, the complaint reads that a fan from Montreal, Canada, purchased two seats, costing up to $7.90 each to Drake's July 14th concert at the Bell Century. The next day, a new show was added to the tour, with Ticketmaster listing the same seats up to 350 less. They claim that the website intentionally misleads consumers for its own financial gain. No shit. <laughs> uh, I don't have to tell y'all much, <laughs> like much more. I mean, I could have told you that. Um, ticket prices now are egregious, but these artists they want to recoup their money from you know from the money they missed over the past couple years when it comes to uh, COVID or just the the year after COVID. Like they want to recoup their money, and so do and so do these businesses. You know, like. Ticketmaster, they charge you for everything. So when you buy a ticket, they're going to charge you taxes. They're going to charge you fees. They're going to charge you a processing fee. They're going to charge you a just because fee. They're going to be just because you want to go to a concert fee and oh, your human fee. So they charge you six different ways on top of that ticket. So that ticket could go from 200 with taxes and everything could go to 319. I already know how they do. Um, I don't really have much more on music, but that was really all I had there. Um, was there anything else I wanted to talk about? Let me just look really quick before I sign off. I think that was about it for this week. Um, but don't worry. I'll be back. Same time, same place. And y'all will get some visuals next week, man. I got my uh, setup finally here. Um, got some paintings. Uh, a mic I've been waiting on, things of that nature. So y'all will definitely get a video or even some clips on Instagram as well as YouTube. And yeah, uh, I guess till next week. Again, I appreciate the first timers, last timers and in-betweeners for coming back. We got the week showing much love, being patient with the kid. Um, and I appreciate the feedback. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's constructive feedback or if it's just some recognition. Thank you. Peace.